And there is an awkward intro. <laughs> an awkward intro. Welcome. Hello, what do you hear everybody. some awkward? Oh, I, I know Zach. Awkward? Z- yeah. I know Zach's got something awkward. Well, well, right. maybe. But I want to hear Jonathan's awkward first. No, it was just a random thought I had. Okay. I you know that it. song "More Than Words" by Extreme? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a- a- apparently, and I found this out a while ago, and it's a fun little thing I like to do. Uh, is annoy my wife. The song literally makes her sick, like oh. actual sick. <laughs> because apparently when she was young, her uncle was babysitting her and she found her and her, or not her, she found her uncle and his, his girlfriend at the time in flagrante delicto while this song was playing and has since from that moment Ooh. got a queasy feeling every time she hears this song. That is, that is horrible. Yeah. I'm not sure what any of this was that you were just, I don't know this song. I don't know. I just, it just, it, it, it came by because I watched this clip of Jack Black and Jimmy Kimmel singing the song while they were dressed as extreme. And it was actually a pretty good, but, uh, yeah, they're both adequate musicians. Yeah. Awkward story for you. Thank you. That's a very yeah. good, awkward intro. Um, no, I had, um, I had a surprise visitor come by and I was very excited that, she could join us and i'm surprised that she made this trip but um it's uh academy award winner jessica chastain is here with us hi everybody it's me academy award winner jessica chastain i heard my favorite oscar podcast was doing an episode for zach's birthday so i needed to come by and say hi what an honor hi miss chastain (laughs) hello what a what a wonderful visual gag for this very auditory medium. I love this. <laughs> yes, uh, and that's that's a very nice outfit you've got. We're, yes, I was recording a new film. Don't you love it? It's very action oriented. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I hope it's I hope it's the three five five part two. It might be. Oh, yay! The three five six. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I just wanted to come by and say hi and wish you a happy birthday. Well, thank you. I, I'm a big fan, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> Bye, boys. Bye, Bye Jessica Chastain. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> wow, I feel refreshed, actually. Uh, uh, oh, my God. There's another guest. Oh, oh, good grief. <laughs> it's Charlie Brown. You go sit over there. We'll talk to you later. Why is everybody always picking on me? Yeah, and now I got voodoo glow skulls <laughs> stuck in my head, so thanks. <laughs> you guys want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. Sure. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce i'm jessica chastain and i'm zach mccoy and it is your boy trev and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar podcast the show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what 
films are we watching this week, Zach? We're taking a detour to celebrate my birthday because this is the thing we do. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we're starting off with a, a film from 1972, which is a movie I watched a lot as a kid for some reason. Um, it's essentially Snoopy's origin story. Snoopy come home where the beloved Beagle leaves Charlie Brown. The beloved Beagle. Snoopy Snoopy come home. That's right. All right. This is everybody's first time watching Snoopy come home. Absolutely. Uh, It's a yes for me. Zach and Jonathan, you both said no. Yeah, no. Oh, do you remember your first time seeing this film? My, um, I think back to Jonathan's birthday episode and how he had tapes of recorded stuff. This is this. I don't know. I never had a physical like uh, legit copy of this movie, um, but it was recorded off a of TV, and it was just something I watched on repeat a lot when I was younger. All right, Jonathan. <laughs> nope. This was just one of those movies that was. Probably shown on some channel that was put onto a VHS that was just <laughs> randomly put into my VCR from time to time. Nice. Quite okay. often, I'm sure. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do all right there, Trav. <laughs> is, is it cool, though? <laughs> is it cool? It's Joe cool. Hey, it's Joe. cool when you know how to get up real quick to press that stop record button so that you don't record the commercials. Oh, I, I didn't bother with that, but that's pretty impressive. Wow. Anyway, yeah, the um, I sent a picture to the chat of my collection of the complete peanuts. I, I don't have them all, but they used to be something Caitlin would get me for Christmas. Hold on, hold on. How is it the complete peanuts if you don't have them all? Well, I've started. They have uh two volume sets that would come out were released and I have 1950 up to 1976 and then I'm missing a few in the 80s and then I have like 1986 to 1988 so th- it's called the complete peanuts and I have a majority of them but I, I haven't completed the set so you have the incomplete complete peanuts I, yeah. i'm still confused on if they called it the complete set or you're calling it the complete set <laughs> oh, i'm looking at the picture it's called the complete peanuts so they put out a dvd that was the complete set but not really oh no, these are the comics the bound comics uh in book and it was a uh, fantagraphic books was doing the project. They they got the rights to publish the complete peanuts, and they put out these two volumes sets every year, um, starting in the early two thousands and ending probably maybe like eight years ago or something. Mm. So yeah, fair enough. So that's uh, why it I sounds like this false one. advertising to me. Well, it's complete now. I just don't own it all, so I'm going to get it and make it complete. There you go. Um, I wanted to do an Oscar breakdown on this, but it wasn't nominated for anything. Damn. <laughs> um, I love that Paul had to throw that in there. <laughs> but it, it, according to Wikipedia, and I'm trying to, I was trying to back this up. It okay. won the CEC award for best children's film, becoming the award's first recipient. Uh-huh. And I just 
I don't know what the CEC awards are, and I cannot find anything to back this up. So, oh well, interesting. Somebody, somebody added that to Wikipedia without any hyperlinks, and I'm <laughs> mad about it. C and C like ampersand. C E C. Oh, C E C. Like Chuck E Cheese. Okay. <laughs> Where a kid can be a kid. That's right. Council yeah. for Exceptional Children. I okay. I looked at that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's probably kind of like the complete collection. You know, it's just not probably <laughs> the complete E collection. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that's that's its awards breakdown, and uh, we could talk about this movie. Yeah, let's talk about this movie. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Okay. Hey, Zach. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. I fucking hate the peanuts. I really That's do. Fair. That's fair. I, I just, I just never understood the. Every kid is just the fucking worst. Linus beats the shit out of the dog in this movie. And that's the kid with a fucking blanket. Like, there is not a single redeemable person. Charlie Brown is the proto-Caillou, where all he does is fucking whine. And he he's just kind of the worst. The only person who was, like... I, the person I was rooting for was a little girl in the fucking hospital who just wanted her doggy back. Mm-hmm. But no, and Snoopy was like, oh, I guess I'm happy to go back to Charlie Brown. That little whiny little piece of shit. Oh, no, I can't be a dog. I guess I'll leave this dying girl here. I'm just going to assume she's dying <laughs> <laughs> and be she happy about back, it. She ends up back home at the end of the movie. Yeah, because she's probably in hospice now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, you know, fuck you, Snoopy. You left a dying little girl home without a dog. I'm sure that she had brought it up to her parents that, hey, there's going to be a dog. I think we can probably sneak this little beagle in here that, you know, it's very independent. It's been known. That's what Charlie Brown was saying. My dog's too independent. Fuck you, Charlie Brown, for saying that anything (laughs) is too independent. Sorry, you fucking got to feed something every now and again. (laughs) Yeah. He he just needs to be able to you know cut his thumb and have somebody feel guilty about it. Yeah, he it just no. And peppermint patty, peppermint patty's cool. Nah, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't like the fact that she keeps calling him Chuck because he clearly doesn't like that. And as a person who doesn't like to be called John, and people continue to do that, it's it's uh I understand the frustration. So so pep- yeah. Oh, go on. Sorry. No, I'm just saying peppermint patty gets like a point five. Uh, am I the <laughs> asshole? Uh, so on my route, there's a there's a uh, a couple who has a little sign on on their walkway that is the home of John and Peggy Pierce. I think about you every day. Thanks. <laughs> Except it's John with an H, so I'm like, it's evil, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but that guy's got a goatee, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so that's my feelings. Um, Paul, yeah. you want to share yours on this film? Yeah, I've I've always been a big fan of the Peanuts. I I love Charles Schultz. Uh, I I love the music of the Sherman Brothers, and like the 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 Peanuts and the Sherman Brothers have been in my life for a long time. So I was real excited to watch this movie that I don't like. I don't like this movie. Okay. <laughs> I it it should be a movie that I love. There's so many ingredients that I love to it. And it's a little shaggy hangout movie that's more like uh, sketches than it is an actual like narrative film. And all that stuff sounds great to me. I had nary a good time watching this film. 
All right. Understandable. Well, <laughs> I was kind of kind of hoping to uh, have Paul kind of, you know, be the 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 nice uh, meat in a uh, we're going to crap on this sandwich. But I, uh, well, I wanted to be. I <laughs> wanted to be. Well, uh, Trav, I'm I'm kind of curious on uh, your thoughts. I mean, it's a movie, and <laughs> I thought it it held up pretty well. You know, for a 1972 animation movie like it didn't look like complete shit but i've just never been a fan of the peanuts so it's (laughs) see see so i still ended up kind of being the nice one because i said i love the peanuts okay well there you go i've always Uh, i enjoy snoopy as a character mm. and uh what's the bird's name woodstock or something woodstock they're cool but yeah fuck all the other characters and, and you mean that, just the menagerie of personality disorders too, and, I know, what'd you say mm-hmm. peppermint what's her name peppermint peppermint yeah, patty. patty yeah she's fucking lame too <laughs> Fuck you her. know what the problem with peppermint patty is there was no marcy in this film right yeah yeah marcy marcy is the glue the, that holds everything together who's marcy the M- marcy's like yeah the sidekick that calls her sir her, yeah, yeah her lesbian lover fucking, yeah fucking yeah. weird why she call her sir because every child in this show has some sort of like mental something going on. Like Schroeder is clearly autistic. So like, clearly they just have uh, a full na- a full neighborhood of kids that are all fucked. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I will yeah. go down the no, list of all I, of these. I fuck uh, with Patty Mayonnaise. Fuck Peppermint Patty. <laughs> there you go. Patty mayonnaise. It's funny. I've got a, a note about that in a minute. Ooh. Oh, okay. well, uh, well, Zach, the birthday boy. Yeah. So a couple of questions here. Mm-hmm. So before we ask your opinion on the film, uh, mm-hmm. why this movie? I picked this movie specifically because it is a one that I remembered watching quite a bit as a kid specifically. And I, I, I wanted to kind of revisit it with you guys because I like we did the buttercream gang and I was like, Trying to think of something, you know, a throwback. Buttercream came up a conversation the other day. Really? Yeah, because I was hanging out with Manny and Oh. (laughs) You know, me me and Manny have our have our weird obsessions. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to reference the buttercream gang for some reason. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Talk about this. Um and you know, in addition to this. I was looking at the uh, some notes on the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show that originally aired in 1983. I watched that a lot because it was put back on Disney Channel in 93. So that now I was seven years old then. So I I was probably watching this movie and the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. Are um, we talking about Doug? No. Oh. Charlie. The actual it was called the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. Ran for two seasons in 83 to 85. It was canceled. Disney Channel got the rights for it. And played it in '93. Um, so, but coming back and watching this movie now, unfortunately, it doesn't you know live up to what I remembered in my head as far as the movie. There's there's some things that uh, I need to to look a little closer. I don't think Charles Schultz had a writing credit just you know for the characters on this movie. He yeah, because he he wrote the script. He did. Yeah. Okay. So I missed that in the credits. But for some reason, I, I felt like Snoopy at times 
is meaner than I'm used to. And that I do not like that scene at all with him and Linus fighting. I just feel that so I understand Snoopy like, mad. violent. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like it watching back at it. Him and Lucy fighting makes sense because they're always at each other, but I don't know why he had to go. And they're, so and hard they're fighting. Though. Look, I had three sisters and we threw punches at each other. It just fucking happens. Like yeah. w- when you're a kid, you can't regulate your feelings. Fists just fly sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> But oh, that shit with know, Linus I've, I've was just violent. I've never a fight with my sister, but, you know, that's that's just me. Oh, my sister has fucking knocked me out cold with a C and say. My sister chased me with a kitchen knife, so. My my little sister poked me in the eye with a headphone jack. So, Ooh. it it happens. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this shit just happens. But that shit with Linus was fucking violent. Like, yeah. it was, like, left field, too. Like, get your shit. Like, because I've always thought as, you know, even as a kid, Linus was kind of like the intellectual and the, the gentler one, like the, the voice of reason of all of these yeah. fucking right. douchebags. He's, he's, he's the young, he's younger than most of the rest of them because, you know, Charlie and uh, Lucy are the same age and Linus yeah. is younger. So he's always been kind of the heart of the gang. And that's, you know, with the like, great pumpkin and all that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Linus has a few moments here, like when they're talking about after Snoopy leaves and trying to be a little philosophical, but Mm-hmm. For him to be like have these feelings about missing Snoopy or at the party right after Snoopy and kicked his ass, it's like <laughs> they kicked each other's ass, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I the movie itself, I still through the nostalgia lens, I you know remember certain scenes really well. Uh, it's been at least twenty years since I've watched this, um, and. You no, know, I enjoy the scenes, particularly of uh, Snoopy and Woodstock getting into their little mu- musical grooves and whatnot, and, and that, that scene where they go to sleep and and they got like the watercolors and stuff. That that was pretty cool animation as far as Peanuts goes. You know, but, I I was really expecting you to say you picked this movie because you're bald and you were once in love with a little redhead girl. Well, that is a <laughs> I, I have the the lunchbox with the strip about him um sitting alone at lunch wishing he can you know get up the courage to go talk to the little redhead girl and one of the reasons why i love peanuts so much is um that i I identified a lot with characters like charlie brown and doug funny which is where i was going to come with the doug when i was little because i was a little chubbier and and socially awkward didn't have a whole lot of friends and so i would um i guess i find solace in these (laughs) existential depressed characters even though it's kind of funny as i got older i i didn't necessarily experience those feelings but it's probably one of the reasons why i enjoy sad sack shit like the smiths and radiohead so we can blame peanuts and doug for that maybe and i like peanuts and doug and i don't have that bad taste in music (laughs) yeah the the crazy part is fucking i feel like doug is a very good cartoon comparison to zach I could totally see Zach sitting there with his diary, just see. And the thing is, his imagination yeah. go run wild. And and that's why I love. I think Doug Funny is a bad comparison to Charlie Brown because I think Doug Funny is a great. You know, he's able to kind of use his imagination more and is able mm-hmm. to kind of put himself into that better mood. And where Charlie Brown, one thing goes fucking wrong, and all of a sudden the world's on fire, and everybody else needs to join him and. Yeah, fuck got, Charlie Brown. Got some <laughs> headcanon of, you know, Doug being what Charlie Brown could grow into in four or five years if he got some 
confidence and creativity or something to deal with his yeah, that, shit. <laughs> that was the other thing. Doug Doug was very imaginative and and liked working his problems through with with his imagination, you know, yeah. like Quail just, Man and Well, I gotta I wanna pivot and what was your favorite Doug? Like example, mine's Durango Doug. Durango Doug. That's like my favorite Doug <laughs> imagination character he came up with. Yeah, uh, I'm, what, I'm what was the name of his name of the secret agent character? I was gonna say, oh, what was the name of the Smash spy Adams? Character? Yeah, very good. Yeah. I, secret I don't agent all the names. Smash Adams. I'm impressed, Trav. Oh, I know my Nickelodeon cartoons from the nineties, bro. <laughs> no, you know what it was? My favorite was Jack Bandit. Yes, Fuck yeah. Jack yeah. Because, oh, yeah. there you go. Because he would always <laughs> like, introduce himself. Wanna na? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so Trav kind of brought up a thing about how he thinks that the animation looked still pretty good and held up. I thought it was fucking lazy. Did you see how many times they decided to just go, eh, fuck a background. Let's just go ahead and use the same goddamn color that's even what? in this whole fucking scene. It's well, not an artistic it choice. It's lazy. Look, was... I'll, I'll be fair to this movie from 1972. It cost a million dollars. There wasn't it a lot of... Yeah. Hold on, bro. There's no Jesus. way this movie cost a million dollars. That's what that's what this is saying. Yeah, fucking right. You uh, literally couldn't convince me if you had receipts that this movie cost is that is that like to with today's dollars or is this 72 dollars no, 72 dollars so uh, a million still not a lot i mean yeah you got dude, it for this <laughs> yeah, for this <laughs> there's just no fucking way that they i i don't see a million dollars on this I mean, I mean, it's hand drawn. You got to pay people salaries, and but they don't. So we'll move past that one. They don't pay writers. They don't pay artists. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Somebody got paid for this movie. Somebody. Bill Melendez making Woodstock and Snoopy noises. <laughs> um. But yeah, I it. I like some of the. The attempt to give Snoopy an origin story, and there are some touching moments where he goes to the hospital. And this, the thing about Peanuts that I'm happy that I ex- watched and experienced when I was a kid is I think it's not exactly the most exciting and entertaining thing. And I don't really know that that Peanuts really ever made me laugh very much, but I I felt like it gave me a moment to sit down and it, and it kind of asked me to think about things. And, and as a kid, I think that's, it's a good thing to slow down sometimes and just think about ideas or questions rather than have to be constantly entertained. Yeah. Um, See, but I, the, I've always found myself to be on the opposite end where mm-hmm. you get Calvin and Hobbes, where it's go, go, go and use your imagination. Yeah. I think Calvin and Hobbes is, is the, the antithesis of peanuts. A little bit. Right. Yeah, but um, I don't have a whole lot more to say about the movie. I, I, uh, I like a lot more of the jazzy kind of peanut soundtracks, and this one I, I didn't hate, but I didn't love either. It's it's very in the pocket of the seventies. <laughs> yeah, but 
which yeah. which is fine. I mean, but it's just it was also like the random musical aspect to it too. It was just like, oh, we're we're going into song now. That was is that something that that the Peanuts do? Okay, I I think I disconnected with this film because this is all all of the songs in this are terrible, absolutely terrible, <laughs> and sure. they don't stop ever. <laughs> they just keep going. And I'm like, the Sherman Brothers, you wrote some of the greatest songs in Disney canon. What the fuck is this? I like the one song of the girl who, like, kidnapped Snoopy for a minute. The whatever, I forget. What yeah, them, but, that was the but, one where I immediately went, wait, is this a fucking musical? <laughs> a little bit, apparently. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. I, I respect Peanuts. Um, you know, it was socially progressive in the 50s and 60s you know they like you when you talk about all these kind of character maladies or they're they're different socially and it was a good thing you know charles schultz got threatened to have the comic pulled because he introduced a black character and stuff it's just it's interesting to think about and look back but it doesn't all translate super well in this particular movie yeah so. yeah well and and you've also uh have reintroduced a compulsion that I'm going to have to try to get fucking rid of again that I haven't had since I was a kid. Or now every time I see a no dogs allowed sign, no I'm going to be going no dogs, dogs allowed. allowed. So thanks for that. <laughs> and thank you for letting us shit on your childhood. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really don't have much to say about this. Yep. All right. Well, I guess, uh, Part two. Well, we're going to do some well, uh, yeah, worsty judgments. Worsty judgments, on, maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess let's do that. Hey, uh, Trav. Yeah. Does this movie deserve best enter random <laughs> thing here? <laughs> let's let's do a uh, best animated feature. Yeah. Does this movie deserve oh, best animated feature? Ooh, yeah. Let's look at 72 movies. Oh, I got some up. And there oh, you do? Some there's some things here. <laughs> okay. Enlighten us, sir. All right. Animated movies that came out in 1972, according to Google. Google. Uh, Fritz the Cat. Oh, shit. The, the oh, Rockshi film. <laughs> uh, Journey Back to Oz. Uh, Yogi's Ark Lark. Oh, uh, Mark Lark. Marco Polo, Polo Jr. versus the Red Dragon. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it does yeah. sound amazing. Are you are you ready for this title? Because this title rules. Popeye meets the man who hated laughter. Oh God! Wow. <laughs> uh, Fantastic Planet. Oh shit! Oh shit! Indeed, the Adventures of Pinocchio, which mm. is an Italian version of Pinocchio. God, no, mm. Pinocchio. Uh, the Lorax, the Cat in the Hat. The Adventures of Robin Hoodnick and uh, Mad, Mad, Mad Monsters. It's a Rankin and, Rankin and Bass cartoon. Wow. Okay. So those are those are the animated films that came out in 1972. Mm. Is uh, yeah. So Trav, does this yeah. movie deserve Best Animated Feature? Um, you know what, dude. There's no way that this film is better than Marco, Marco Polo Jr. versus the Red Dragon. <laughs> so, no. No way this film deserves Best Picture. 
All right. Um, I'm going to follow up you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Uh, I believe the Belgium uh, film Tintin in the Lake of Sharks probably. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. So, uh, yeah. I'm all for that. Uh, Paul. Uh, no, this does not deserve best animated feature. I think I would give it to Rankin and Bass's ABC Saturday Superstar movie from October 14th, 1972. Willie Mays, Say Hey Kids. Oh, nice. Good pick. <laughs> I'm not right. just saying that because I'm watching baseball right now. <laughs> and Zach. Do you think this movie deserves the best animated feature? Uh, no, nah, that's crazy. That fantastic planet came out the same year. And Fritz, the cat, those are ridiculous movies, but they would both Indeed. be more deserving. So hooray. All right. Well, Trav. Yeah. Is this the worst? Oh God. We have to ask the second question. Um, <clears throat> Just is it the worst? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, no, I'm going to just say it's not the worst. However, I did find out that that Marco Polo movie was Australia's first ever animated film, and it's a musical. What? And already just, like, even skyrocketed <laughs> even more. In so, but no, I can't imagine that this is the worst animated film that came out this year. All right. Uh... No, it's not the worst. It's it's just not my cup of tea. Cup of tea. Yeah, that's that's just it. It's it's not for me. I I've just never been that guy, so I feel like it's kind of hard to concentrate Jessica Jastain's ass in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, boys. Uh Paul, is this the worst best animated feature? Uh, Zootopia still exists, so it cannot be the worst. Nice. <laughs> and Zach. I almost did it. <laughs> Is this the worst animated feature? Best animated feature? I still what? like it better than Happy Feet. Oh! So, no, it's not the worst. Disrespect. Disrespectful. The cheek. The cheek. All right. No penguins allowed. Ooh, that was a sexy little bass there, but I enjoyed that. <laughs> a little twinge. Good. All right. I want to okay. change. I want to change my best animated feature to Lassie's Rescue Rangers. Yes. Lassie Rescue Rangers. That's exactly what went through my head. Okay. Okay. All right. We got another movie. Another movie. One more movie. <gasps> you're you're in charge of this, so yeah, yeah. What yeah, movie I are we watching? I, we're watching a Coen Brothers film. It's Barton Fink from 1991, which is a a film essentially about writer's block that they created when they were finishing up Miller's Crossing. Excellent. This is everybody's first time watching Barton Fink. Yes. It's my first time even hearing about it. No for me. Zach, and Zach picked it, so I guess uh, he's just not going to answer. Do you well, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to think of the first time I watched it. 
um, 15, 16 years ago, probably when I was uh, going through the Cohen's uh, filmography. How about you, Paul? Uh, about the same. I bought a, uh, a DVD box set with like this and raising Arizona and blood simple and mm. something else. Well, uh, probably another one of their early films. And uh, <laughs> I uh, probably Miller's crossing. Um, yeah. And I, and I watched them all. Nice. And yeah. Uh this does have an Oscar breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, excuse me. And this is being a jerk. Come on. Here we go. Jerk dancing Charlie Brown while you're smiling. You're supposed to be sad. <laughs> so Okay, so uh, Oscar breakdown on Barton Fink. It is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Michael Lerner, who loses to Jack Plants for City Slickers. It gets nominated for, where'd you go? Uh, Best Art Direction, giving Dennis Gassner and Nancy Hay Academy Award nominations, but it loses out to Bugsy, which gives Dennis Gassner and Nancy Hay Academy Awards. And it's nominated. So surprised. Indeed. Uh, and it gets nominated for Best Costume Design, giving Richard Hornung an Academy Award nomination, but he loses out to Albert Wolski for Bugsy. Hmm. I just. Michael Lerner was only in like three scenes in the whole fucking movie. Gonna, that, how does that get the nod over John Goodman? That's, right? Yeah, that's that's what exactly I what I'm thinking. It's kind of, yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. John Goodman doesn't have an Academy Award nomination. Period. That is That's fucking bullshit. Isn't that stupid as fuck? <laughs> yeah. I still think a lot of people don't necessarily know how good an actor he is because they just think of him as the guy on Roseanne, unfortunately. Well, I mean, you know, you could you could say what you want about Roseanne now, hmm. but... As a kid I, growing up, I loved Roseanne. Yeah, I yeah. I, I hear The yeah. Connors is actually a pretty good show. No, The Connors sucks ass, but <laughs> Roseanne oh. rocks. And John Goodman, you know, is like, I know it's her <laughs> show, but John Goodman was why I watched that show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, oh. is that our breakdown? That that's it. The, the three three nominations, no wins. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I'd like to start off with Zach on this one because I am actually curious why why this one. So uh, I feel like when I think about my favorite Coen Brothers movies, I um I feel like I identify largely with this one because um in high school and. My early college years, I really, really wanted to be a writer, and it just never materialized in the way that I wanted it to. And I, I was also one of those people who kind of shot myself in the foot because I wouldn't write something unless I thought it was good enough. So I'd get down on myself instead of just putting down the ideas and then coming back and editing. I'd like, you know, this isn't good enough, or it's not original enough, and I'd just stop um, <clears throat> writing. So the the writer aspect i really like movies about writers um and then 
it's just got some vibes that I enjoy with the old Hollywood stuff. And um, it's also like, you know, Trav said he hadn't heard it and Jonathan hadn't seen it. So it's one that I don't think a lot of people uh, think of when they think of the Coen brothers. So mm-hmm. I yep. just wanted to lift it up. It's it's a picture I've seen many times. Right. But not one that I've watched. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, All right. It's it's not one of the ones I revisit as much as, as some as it's as much as some of the others. That was a difficult sentence for me, and I don't what know why. Tough? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a film that I love and I think of very fondly. Hmm. I really like this movie. I really like John Turturro doing Harold Ramis trying to do his best Woody Allen. <laughs> Um, it's just what I saw the entire movie. It really felt like John Turturro being Harold Ramis doing a Woody Allen. It was just a picture I couldn't get out of my head. That being said, um, the fuck was that ending? Or at least that, like the fuck, like I listen. This is a fucking Coen Brothers movie. It was clearly a fucking Coen Brothers, (laughs) and I was all about it. I it, th- and this shit was fucking tense as hell. Like, I mean, it, it 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 kept me going. Where are we going with this? The whole uh, wallpaper thing. Like, it just just every little bit made me go, "What the fuck is going on right now? Is is this turning into a horror film? Was it a horror film from the get go?" And I loved it. God, I fucking loved it. <laughs> Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I think there's a a lot of uh, religious allegory that I'm not even as familiar with as I'd like to be. I was trying to read like a there were a couple articles about symbolism and Barton Fink, but I right. ended up getting interrupted by children and cats and things while I was trying to read them. Yeah. I mean <laughs> and like the hotel is like some circle of hell and John Mahoney's character writes a book called Nebuchadnezzar and you know mm. So on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. That. Trav, what do you think? Um, this movie fucking ruled. Um, <laughs> yeah, <it> did. <laughs> I did. It's so crazy. I didn't know this was like a comedy movie. So like when it starts, I'm thinking this is like some, a drama, you know? So they started off and I'm like, oh, this is a gorgeous fucking looking film. You know, this is about the John Turturro's about the, you know, fucking show us this Oscar performance right here. And he fucking does, but -hmm. just not in the way I expected (laughs) it. And what a movie. My God. If you would have said, how do you think this movie is going to end? What's the third act of this movie going to be? Once you watch the first act, there's fucking no chance in hell. (laughs) No. That that's going to happen. Never Never, in a million years. Dude, (laughs) when it turned out that John Goodman, full spoilers, you know, when it turned out that he was a fucking serial killer, I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm still not convinced the fact that John Goodman was not Satan. It it feels like that's a read on it. Mm. Yeah. like, I I don't think it's an incorrect read either. This is the the epitome of that that saying that uh, where when you're writing something, the second you know what's going to happen, do the opposite. Mm. That is what they did when they wrote this movie. 
<laughs> I also love they never show you what's in that box. I hate yeah. the MacGuffins. Oh, I'm because, sorry. You know, it's not a MacGuffin. Well, it's well, not a MacGuffin. It's, it's not because we're not... Tr- yeah, The whole movie doesn't revolve around it. Yeah, that's true. Go no, on. Well, sorry, sorry. I thought that, you know, oh, it's going to be the head in the box. You know what I mean? But clearly not because the box doesn't stink at all or anything like that over time. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, it's not... It's not the fucking head in the box. I don't know. No, I don't think they even know what was in the box. They just threw it in there just for shits and giggles. It's possible. But I don't know. This movie fucking ruled for sure. (laughs) I'm glad that I knew nothing about this film. Like, I'm dead serious when I tell you I legitimately thought it was going to be a serious drama. (laughs) And imagine my feelings when it fucking 25 minutes into the film and you're like okay this is not a serious drama like and it's it's the coen's coming off of like their first serious drama because you know they have kind of a murder mystery Mm -hmm. then they have the madcap screwball raising arizona then they do miller's crossing and they don't they don't tend to like follow up one one genre with itself right yeah they they like to do something, and the next time they make a movie, they're like, "Hey, let's go in a completely different direction." Yeah, yeah just a just a great ending though with the <clears throat> the fact that he shot a shotgun from all the way down the hall and hit him with the shotgun blew my fucking mind. I was like, "This is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous." There this were dude so was many like a hundred yards like, away. It hit him with a shotgun. <laughs> but you see how clean that shotgun was too. Like there are small things that if you look at that, you're like. They did that on purpose. For sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was the running one. down the hallway, though. That's what fucking did it for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah these guys are geniuses. I don't, was it just Joel? Well, okay. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. So the DGA has always been, the Directors Guild of America has always been a really weird entity. Right. And uh, for years and years and years, you had to go through like, really hard arbitration to put two names as the directors. So whenever there is a breakdown, they always wrote it together. Ethan produced it and Joel directed it. Yeah. I know we've talked about that before, mm. but I also know that they've done movies without the other. Well, only Joel has done a movie without Ethan at this point, at least released a film. And that was tragedy Macbeth. Um, I just wasn't sure. If this yeah. was just one or both, okay. No, so so anything that has both of their names on it in any capacity, they mm-hmm. have always been a team. They have always been the writers, the producers, and the directors. But as a means of like getting them paid evenly, right? They've always put one down as producer and one down as director, and then both of them as writers. And they also edit all their own films under the pseudonym Roderick James, right? <laughs> Um, who is an Oscar nominee. <laughs> um, like two times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so jo- Joel is the name that says directed it, but they both directed this film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't until... Um, I don't think it was until Robert Rodriguez made a big stink over Frank Miller not being the co-director on Sin City in 2004 mm-hmm. and dropping out of the DGA that they really like took a look at it and went, 
maybe these rules are kind of dumb. And then you start seeing a lot more tandem directors right. after mm-hmm. that. And you start seeing them as the Coen brothers. Yeah. Thank you, sir. For those I do. details. I yeah. do when I can. So and even course, what about when the Wachowskis dropped the matrix? Wasn't it always the Wachowskis? It, it was, it was always, you know, it, it's, started as brothers like that's the way it always said it but then they shorten it to the wachowskis um but yes um they've always been a tandem team and i don't i don't know how they got away with it right and the cohen's didn't and may, maybe just because the cohen's you know were making films 15 years 10 15 years before the wachowskis and uh and had a harder time with arbitration especially being that blood simple was uh, like a true independent film, almost. Mm. Yeah. All right. So of course, you know, Trav mentions uh, it's a gorgeous or good-looking film. So you know, got our boy Roger Deakins. Oh, really? This, is a, oh, okay. I didn't even know. And this is his. This is his first film with them. Okay. Wow. Be, because uh, director of the Adams Family films, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld was the DP on their first three films, uh-huh. and has a cameo in this film. Nice. <laughs> there, there's just little things throughout, you know, as in most Coen brothers. I love how even seemingly small or insignificant characters have very unique uh, personalities. Like when you get in there and Steve Buscemi's playing Chet, it's just like mm-hmm. he's a, he's awesome. He's hilarious. And he's hardly in the movie. His presence is there through more of it, but you only see him for like a minute. But um, yeah. Yeah, I love that stuff. And uh, John Turturro's, uh his eye acting in this movie is so good. He's, he lo- he just he looks like he's shaking the entire movie, <laughs> and it's so good. Like he's just so tense, and oh, I love it. One of the yeah. best parts I love is that you know they sh- they start off with you know the play that he wrote that mm-hmm. has some sort of critical acclaim that lands him this job, right? But, the plate just looks like it fucking sucks. So it's like, it was just so funny to me. Like, I mean, they uh, show us the ending of the play and I'm like, dude, that play just sounds like it was not a very good play. I, I kind of want to see it to see what it is. My, my favorite thing about that play though, is when he writes the movie script and he's like, this is the best thing I ever wrote. And then the two the two agents are reading in his room, and it's the exact same ending. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a we're gonna we're gonna hear from him, and I'm not just talking about a postcard. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Will you gents yeah. get any more notes on uh on this film? No. Oh. I, I mean, uh, they, there's I think uh yeah, I love John Goodman in this. He's so good. He goes well, he goes from being so uh, chummy and lovable to actually <laughs> actually scary, <laughs> and that's yeah. impressive. And I love how the Cohen brothers keep doing that to him, though. <laughs> yeah, because like, they, they they do it to him in O Brother too. You know? Right. <laughs> I don't get it, Big Dad. But... Uh, but um, yeah, you know, it's it can be a little uh maybe on the nose as far as the message of struggling to create art when you're being paid for it or being mm-hmm. pressured, like given the topic to write. Um, All right. And 
how Hollywood is just a hellscape that eats up artists and and spits them out. Yeah, but well, I think I read they read they wrote this in what like three weeks while they were finishing up Miller's Crossing because they were yeah writer's block on that movie. And apparently they they started with um with Goodman's speech at the end. Oh, like they they fucking. Reverse engineered this film from that speech, which is really interesting. That is interesting. Oh, good for them. I, I always think it's good to know where you're writing to for most yeah. things. Yeah, and the fact that they were stuck on Miller's Crossing, they wrote this film, then they finished Miller's Crossing and made those two films in two years. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, Trav, you have to see Miller's Crossing. I have to see Miller's Crossing. You I really have. just have to dive into their you you should films would... that aren't you know obviously the ones everybody talks about like No Country, obviously mm-hmm. Big Lebowski, Fargo, like they're famous yeah. films. I really need to and, dive into. And I would I would go in order on them too because you get to really watch them grow. And yeah. Miller's Crossing is their third film, and it's one of like yeah I put it up against Goodfellas as one of the best mob movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's you know some Irish mob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad everybody enjoyed it. I'm glad uh, we yes. ended on thank, this one rather you. than a Snoopy movie. <laughs> I was I was hoping you'd want it that way because I I wanted to finish out a positive note. God damn it, I love this movie so much. There you go. All right, well let's get into our worsty judgments here. And uh, Trav. Do you think this movie deserved Best Picture of 1991? 1991. Paul, can you give me a rundown of those Academy Awards? I'm yep, sure let me get my words. Let me I got the five. I got them here. Oh, I, I was going to say, I had them too. Okay. Well, Paul, you're the you're the list man, so you can... You're the guy. All right. So our, our nominations are Prince of Tides, JFK, Bugsy, Beauty and the Beast, and the winner of the year, The Silence of the Lambs. Damn, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but this movie is really great. But I mean, let, if it was nominated to go against some of those, I mean, not happening. And I mean, definitely not Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, not even JFK. So, yeah. No, but this movie is fucking fantastic. Really, really enjoyed my watch. I would pick this one up again and watch it for sure. All right. I'm agreement. Uh, it's kind of hard to beat a film that's easily top 10 greatest film of all time. Um, I probably would have put this in instead of Prince of Tides. Maybe even Beauty and the Beast, maybe. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if it won. I'd probably be pissed because it wasn't Silence of the Lambs, but if that wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul. All right. I want to start out this way. I'm sorry to hijack your birthday show here. Zach. No, you're not hijacking anything. Why the fuck is 1991 so good? Right. <laughs> I'm so mad at this fucking Academy Awards. Like how many good fucking movies there are in here and how I would absolutely throw out Bugsy, Prince of Tides and JFK out of this category because none of them deserve to be there. Because fucking Boys in the Hood comes out this year and is nominated for Best Director, but not Best Picture. Delman Louise comes out this year 
and is nominated for Best Director, not Best Picture, which is dumb. Kate Fear comes out this year and is nominated for Best Actor. Uh, going down some more lists, uh, The Fisher King gets nominated for a bunch of stuff, wins Best Supporting Actress. That should be in the Best Picture category. That's one of Gilliam's best. It's probably my favorite Robin Williams performance. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I could keep going, but I'm going to stop. And Barry Sonnenfeld uh, releases The Addams Family, his directorial debut. So he separates from the Coens after he shoots Miller's Crossing and goes and directs his first film, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Which is Adam's um, family? Which is Adam's family. That is wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a weird jump. It is. It And then his his career is just bizarre. After that, he directs the first episode of Pushing Daisies, the greatest show ever made. Mm-hmm. And he directs uh, the that Lemony Snicket series for Netflix, which is really, really good. Way it, better. It than is. Sure. I, liked, I liked the Silverling film. But that show is really good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, I'm I'm tossing out Bugsy. I'm tossing out JFK. I'm tossing out Prince of Tides. I think Barton Fink goes into this category. I think the Fisher King and Boys in the Hood mm. round out my best picture category, Beauty yeah. and the Beast and The Silence of the Lamps, which is unfortunately one of my top ten favorite films. Yeah. Uh, and... This is probably like my fifth or sixth favorite Coen Brothers film, so, <laughs> which is saying something because yeah. I don't think there's a Coen Brothers film I don't like. There are a couple that I think are definitely at the bottom of the list, but I like all of their films. Yes. Um, and so this one being in possibly in my top five, I, I haven't ranked them. I'd like to go rewatch all of them and rank them because. God damn it. I love them so much. Yeah. And we like letterbox. So no. Damn it. So so I will say it's in my probably in my five. Mm-hmm. So I will say it deserved best picture, but I'm not giving it the award over Silence of the Lambs. Fair enough. And Zach, do you think this yeah, film man. deserves best picture? Well, Paul says he hijacked, but he just he just made things a lot easier for me. So it's like a birthday gift. So I just <laughs> I agree with every single thing you just said. Uh, I like JFK. I, I like Bugsy. All right. Um, I actually haven't seen um, Prince of Tides, but it's bad. Th- those bad are the <laughs> those are the three films I feel like don't belong there, and and the the ones you put in Fisher King and Boys in the Hood and Barton Fink all should be in there, but. No, it's not better than Silence of the Lambs, unfortunately. Uh, but that's all right. Um, yeah, my my two <laughs> least favorite uh, Coen Brothers movies that I've seen are probably Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty. But those are my bottom too. <laughs> but I still like Lady Killers. I, it's it's so dumb, but it's Tom I've Hanks Lady, in that movie is. I've seen Lady I, Killers I, once, and I really wasn't a fan of it. So I would like to revisit it and see how I feel on it now. Zach, the week that we watch Lavender Hill, Mom, I, I want you to try to make time to watch the original, the original Lady, Lady Killers. Killers. What a okay. title. Because, Lavender Hill, Mom. Because they're, they're, they're a lot in the same vein. I also I just kind of want to point out we I feel like we're snubbing probably the best film of 1991 that okay. hasn't been brought up and uh, <clears throat> Suburban Commando needs to be put into Fuck, the conversation. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, come Suburb- the fuck on. 
suburban commando starring mean Mark Calloway. <laughs> Who said it's the worst. He's, I think he said like <laughs> it's the worst movie ever or something like that. Uh, you but guys, he did make a comment on that on that film. Fucking love that movie as a kid. <laughs> for you non wrestling fans, me and Mark Calloway is uh, the real name of The Undertaker. Undertaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. I want to say two things, though, before we wrap it up. One, as soon as this movie started, I said, oh, yeah, this is a fucking Zach movie. <laughs> and two, I truly, truly feel like. The early to mid nineties is the greatest era of filmmaking. I think like, it I is. I truly feel that way. I also truly feel that way about music production, which I I'm not going to get into that. But I think the early to mid nineties is one of the two most important shifts into the artistry of filmmaking, and and most of that's off the back of the kinds of films that are coming out in 1989. Yeah. I'm going to um, say 89 is kind of where things happened. Yeah. So <laughs> there's the, there's the new Hollywood shift in the late sixties. And then there's this independent cinema shift in the early nineties. Yeah. So it's easy to call this one of the best eras because it was a time where like things like, like I said, 1989 sex lies and videotape comes out the, the Steven Soderbergh film and it creates this independent film boom. Uh, essentially, and so all these studios are like, hey, well, let's start like making shingles to our studio that mm -hmm. we can start producing these kinds of movies for cheaper and getting them out into wider audiences. Yeah, so there's this like kind of unfettered creativity that's coming out around this time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, I think it's a really important shift. It's really interesting i've never really connected the um new hollywood stuff to like music also because 68 to 72 seemed mm -hmm. really important in film and also really important in music like yeah because it, you're you're starting to get the um the after effects of the the british invasion mm -hmm. in the late 60s early 70s so like the bands that started out as like british invasion pop bands are starting to like get experimental and you know yeah, in early '90s and to music and movies. Yeah, so we're just, nice. We're just we're just hanging on, waiting for that next that next creative boom. Which I think A24 is kind of the uh, yeah the vanguard right now. Very good, very good. Right. Well, one more question here, Trav. Mm. Is this the worst Best Picture? Oh no way! This uh, John Turturro is criminally underrated. I just, my God, that dude's range. It's that dude's like Gary Oldman. That dude just plays a different dude in every film. It's yeah. insane. Yep. Yeah, this, and this is just two years after Do the Right Things. Huh? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I am in agreement. Uh, the greatest show on earth is still the largest piece of garbage in the history of film. And this film is the opposite of that. So, <laughs> good job. Paul. Uh, I'll I'll keep this short like I did the other one. Green Book exists, so this <laughs> this could never be the worst. And Zach, I'll just quote you two: "Great Show on Earth" and Green Book. Piles of poopy. This would be in my top uh, fifteen, probably if it won for best pictures. There you go. 
All right. Yeah. Well, tra- uh, God damn it. <laughs> Zach, happy yeah. birthday, buddy. Thank happy you very birthday. Much. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, guys. Love you hey. all. Oh, we love you, buddy. Look. <laughs> and of course, Trav, thank you very much for joining us again today. You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. What are we plugging today, buddy? Plugging her butt cheeks, Jessica Chastain. What what are we plugging? <laughs> Why did they have to give this figure such a such an ass? Dude, it does have such an ass. Yeah, that's got a dumpy. Because when I think of Jessica Chastain, I don't think ass. So that is insane that her ass oh. is that huge on yeah. that action figure. I don't know that it's actually supposed to be her, but you know. It looks kind of like her, so. <laughs> Trav, give us those social yeah, media deets. I'm on uh, the Instagram, ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-E-K, where I'm also on Letterbox, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. All right. And you can find me, Jonathan Pierce, at Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and on Letterbox at Alterna underscore Occam, where this week... I watched Greenland randomly. Oh, how was that? I uh, um, would you like my review? Yes, yeah, please. Because I really um, enjoyed it. Since, yeah. Since I became a father, I need to stop watching disaster films. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it, which one was Greenland? I'm trying to uh, Gerard Butler and the chick that plays Anara in Firefly. Oh, um, and Anara's a yeah. Marina Bracaren, right? Yes. Okay. I was um, thinking a Matt yeah. Damon movie for some reason. I don't know. Green but yeah, around. it was for, for a disaster film, really good. <laughs> that was that's good. Green, um, green Zone. Yeah. The the Paul Greengrass film. Yeah. Oh, yep. Green Zone by Greengrass. There you go. The, the promised land or something. The fracking movie was that him. Anyway. Yeah. My uh my TikTok has just been randomly like movies, just like parts of movies for some strange reason and greenland showed up and i was like what is this movie how have i not seen this disaster film and i found i was like oh it's on it came out during covid yeah it was it came Mm -hmm. out in 2020 so i was like oh okay well let's see where it's streaming it was on i think amazon i was like oh sweet let's watch this and i cried and i was like fuck this is really good and then david carradine showed up and i was like all right Mm. yeah this this movie's it, it, this is this is good disaster movie. So I mean, and they show the fucking comet for like half a fucking second when it hits, and I'm just like, oh, that was such an awesome shot. Yeah, so. I need to see that. And I think the director did Kandahar too, which is the new one they have out in the theater. Okay, Jerry B. Rick Romain Walk Walk Walk. Yeah, you're right. Walk. So yeah, and I want to see Kandahar. Is that out already? Yeah, it came oh, out like last right. week. Bro, Gerard Butler oh, just... Go to Kandahar. Insane that this dude just keeps coming out with movies and there's like no promotion for any of his movies. Yeah, right? Out. <laughs> I'm here. It's like, I'm going to do playing at Kandahar, Greenland, yeah. and all these movies with one word in the title. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he really did. Snitch, felon. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox, searching my name, Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of Fear across the platforms, 
of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And I watched a lot this week. And I don't know what to cover. You Travis, know what I want to hear. Sa- save the one. That's the one, that's the the one, one I want to hear. For tomorrow. Now, Jonathan wants to hear that one. <laughs> so we're going to do it now. Then why'd do you it? ask? It's Jonathan's head. He Fuck wants to John. hear it. Fuck Let's John. hear it, boys. Well, then he can join us on the other podcast. How about that? <laughs> why, don't, why don't you want to cover it here? Because I wanted to spend a little bit more time on it than two okay. oh, on seconds. Sh- on, I'll cover it real quick, and me and you could talk about it a little okay. bit more tomorrow. Uh, uh, Jonathan wants to hear me talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because it fucking rules. Mm. Uh, I put on Twitter, I don't think all superhero films should strive for the quality of the Spider-Verse films. I think all movies need to strive for the quality of the Spider-Verse films. Nice. This is this is exactly what you want from this franchise. It ups everything in every single way. Wow. But Absolutely. We'll, like I said, we'll we'll get on that a little bit more tomorrow. So I'll I'll run down the other ones I watched this week. I watched Love Again, the the new film with uh Priyanka Chopra Jonas. And that film's fine, but Celine Dion is uh wh- why hasn't she been in more movies? She is a weird human being. And <laughs> I want to see her on screen a lot more. <laughs> it's unhinged. When you want it the most. <laughs> yeah, no. Ev- I highly suggest this film for everybody to watch, just to watch how unhinged Celine Dion is as a human being. Okay. She does not know how human beings exist. It. She's a robot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, or an alien she's fucking weirdo and i love it i love it so much uh i went and saw uh the new nicole hoff center film uh you hurt my feelings mm. that, i can't wait to watch that's their second one together yeah because okay. uh she did enough said with her and james gandolfini and i believe that came out like right after james gandolfini died yeah and it was it, like a really it, close that's also a beautiful film. And that was like in my top five that year. This went to my number one as soon as I saw it. Then I saw Spider-Verse and it got dethroned very quickly. <laughs> uh, I watched the new Zhang Mo film, uh, Full River Red, which is gorgeous. Holy shit. It is. Yeah. You know, been, I should go I've on. I'm waiting to watch it. I should have saved this one for tomorrow because it is pure Chinese oh. propaganda <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not into Chinese nationalism or any of that shit, but this film rules and it's like, hey, what can you do? It's, it's the RRR of China right now. <laughs> okay. I, nice. It's not as, it's not as much movie as RRR, but it's really beautiful and it is pure propaganda. And then, uh, we went and saw the wrath of Becky. The sequel to Becky. <laughs> and um, a Nazi got, or sorry, a, a nobleman who is supposed to be a stand in for the Proud Boys, Nazi, mm. uh, got his head exploded with a grenade and it fucking ruled. <laughs> I'm about it. She yeah. shoves a grenade into a grown man's mouth, duct tapes it into his, duct tapes around his head, and then has a uh, stifler. Uh, inadvertently pull out the pen and then his head explodes and it's awesome. That's what we like to hear. There you go. Yes. More fucking Nazis dying. Mm. Like Tom Morello said. Yes. I love you, Tom. Morello. Wow, 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 wow. 
excited now. Yeah. And tell us what we're watching next week, Zach. <laughs> well, we're watching a movie called Princess O'Rourke, but you can't watch it anywhere. You got to buy it. Which I got on did. DVD. <laughs> Two copies. So uh, if you're listening to this and you want to watch Princess O'Rourke, hit me up. I am going to rip this onto my computer and I will send you a copy. <laughs> Hooray! Because I bought two copies of it <laughs> on accident. <laughs> nice. Also have Alvin and the Chipmunk. Oh, Lord. Very good. And movie. the Squeakle. And the Squeakle. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if it's a very good movie. I don't think I ever saw the Squeakle. Mm. Well, the first one's great. So, with that, hey, Trap, thanks a bunch of us for producing our show. Anytime. Thanks, thanks a guy. bunch. And for being on your own podcast, Leveling Up Benjamin Banks. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan J. Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarWorstyPod on Facebook at the OscarWorstyPodcast. Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the all almighty algorithm. Well, you know how you gotta rate it. It's the only it's the only way you can, because Five stars allowed. No zero stars allowed. Four twos. So, Bolt, Trav, and Zach, and Jonathan, and Tom Morello. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>